Hi, welcome to Season 2 of the Silverline Podcast, an audio version of our video streams that we hold weekly. They're edited a little bit to make them a little more concise. My name is Roland Mann. I'm the head honcho at Silverline, and we have a great time making fun comics that we think that you'll enjoy. So thank you for listening, and maybe go check out some of our comics if you haven't already. Nothing says production value like playing the wrong intro twice in the same month. Ah. Uh, hello, Internet. We're not Wednesday. Uh, we're that show on Tuesday. That's right. Yep. Uh, so we are talking about uh, juggling multiple projects. Um, uh, but before we do that, let's introduce ourselves. Uh, I am your uh, host and producer, Tim TK, joined by one Mr. Quentin Bedwell. Yes, hello everyone. Good to be here. Yes. Good to be here. And uh, we were uh, just talking about uh, some uh, hype for the uh, new Lorraine show. Um what I'm actually what I'm really excited for too is the uh, Helm Hammerhand animated show that's coming out. Mm. Hey, so, you know, I didn't even know of this one. Yeah. So in addition to the uh, Amazon show, which is going to be dealing with the Rangers uh, and the, uh, yeah, uh, I talked earlier the uh, Second Age and the forming of the uh, Last Alliance, but uh, they're also doing an animated show uh, that deals with Helm Hammerhand, the guy that, uh, um. They, the namesake of Helm's Deep, uh, a guy who essentially. Fought oh off. yeah, yeah, yeah! I yeah. remember him. Yeah, I remember now. Yeah, yes. so they're making an animation about uh, him, and uh, so that'll be that'll be exciting. Uh, you probably get to see a dude bare knuckle fight some orcs. Ha! <laughs> ah, awesome. All right, but um, we are like I said, we're talking about juggling multiple projects today. Uh, so, provide some context here. Uh, and I think Quentin and I are probably uh, somebody most well equipped here uh, to talk about this. Uh, as uh, Jose, his uh, his day job is is uh, making comics essentially, and Mackenzie, uh, while she does manage a uh, dinosaur company in Empire, what else has some very good input? Um, we have somewhat related, but still not quite fully integrated day jobs. <laughs> uh, uh, Quentin has uh, a family. Wrangle and uh, I, uh, yes, yeah, and I, I do uh, sort of multiple freelance gigs in addition to making comics. Uh, so we'll be uh, not just talking about you know juggling multiple projects and like getting multiple publications in because uh, I know Quentin and I both worked on multiple books at the same time, but uh, also how that ties in with the uh, projects you might have that might not exactly be uh, comic related, as um, you know, time management is very important in a lot of aspects of life. Yes, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I need to be better at it. <laughs> Holy bully. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, between uh, work and family and projects and stuff that I just want to do. Holy moly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a, lot that, of, a lot of juggling. Oh, yeah. And, and I think that's a common uh, refrain that I hear from a lot of people who work in some sort of creative spaces. We understand the importance of time management. Uh, but uh, the practice itself eludes us at times. Yes. 
Yeah, especially when you get on stuff and, you know, you don't realize it, but the clock hands are just turning, turning, turning behind you and you don't even realize it. And before long, you're getting into the space of something else that you're supposed to be doing. All right. Yeah. Yeah. You get into some other work that you uh, have planned or uh, 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 the worst thing is... um, um, you know, being creative people or being in the entertainment space, uh, of course, we take in our own entertainment. Um, uh, so we mentioned this before about uh, Quentin uh, becoming a gaming abstinent <laughs> yeah, uh, when the Souls game's eating your time. But uh, I mean, it doesn't even gaming. Sometimes like you're reading a comic for reference or you're reading a book for reference and you get so engrossed that uh, you end up realizing, like, oh, my God. Uh, far less time I should work on this than I'd hoped. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that happens a lot. Yeah. I can imagine also that can be uh, a, a quite a thing when you have uh, kids at home as well, because you probably spend a bit of time watching what they want to watch, or if they <laughs> or, or uh, you know getting that dad time in. Yeah, and uh, you know, like don't have anything that you don't mind being destroyed. Mm. You know? And yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, like comics and stuff. And, you know, I, I try also to use, you know, my stuff to try to get them involved in it too, you know, because, mm-hmm. you know, the next generation coming up, you know. Yeah. So, so there's that. I uh, haven't quite gotten them into comics yet, but they did play with He-Man today. There you go. Yeah, my classic He-Man. They started playing with them and they actually loved it. I was so stoked because uh i've been waking them up in the mornings now that summer's here hmm. i've been waking them up with the tv blaring with the new animated series on there oh yeah 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 and so them waking up to it they're finally like hey let's watch he-man nice <laughs> they don't know that i've uh you know it's programming been, it's, yeah i've been it's, yeah the been pavlovian he-man them. yep been brainwashing them perfect uh, i feel like uh definitely he-man gi joe uh and uh um, the X Men role very much like the Gateway properties, where they're such good yep. animated shows that as a kid you eventually that that was the thing. Like Dad was like, "Well, if you want to know more about it, yep, yeah, definitely." Uh, so, uh, let's just kind of uh, hop straight into it. Um, I've been I'll seeing share the... my screen as well. Excellent. Give give the people an exclusive. Just exclusive. Yeah, it's. I'm working on the cover for a certain book. You'll see it as soon as I share it, because I've already got the title on it. Uh, mm. So this will be something good for anybody who's doing covers out there. I go ahead and I Ooh. worked it out with the title already on there. Even if I don't mm-hmm. have the official title, I will make one. Right. Just get uh, your spectine right. Yeah, just to be able to get, uh, you know everything where it's supposed to be absolutely yeah yeah so no spoilers but uh you're getting to see uh you're getting to see a cover that you will not get to see anywhere else until it drops so definitely and that i love uh i love uh the whole design uh maybe a little bit of skeletor influence on there speaking of you man yes (laughs) Yes, you boob. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Classic Skeletor. You know, uh, 
when I first got into He-Man, and this is way off subject, but when I first got into He-Man, I could not wait to see the animated series. But when I did, I was so disappointed in Skeletor (laughs) because he sounded like a mob boss. Oh, yeah. Uh, Yeah. But I mean, it grew on me, you know, and it actually became more comedic to me, you know, and uh, now I wouldn't trade it. But uh, I always thought he was going to be so much more ominous and cool, but you know, Saturday, Saturday morning cartoons of the time did not allow a lot of, right. you know, real cool stuff, scary stuff. Definitely. I, and I think uh, the quality of voice acting really seemed to to scale. Now we're like in a golden age of voice acting where you, like some of the best talent are voice actors right now, I feel like. But yeah, uh, I, I for me, like there's definitely a clear difference between uh some of the stuff that they get started getting produced in the late 80s then compared that to mid to late 90s when you end up getting uh things like the magneto from the x-men uh tv series and um uh mark hamill's joker really kind of uh elevating uh yes yeah all right uh so uh i guess then we're talking about uh I'm juggling multiple projects. So uh, I will uh, kind of open up the uh, the four here just for just for um, introduction sake. So uh, dealing with e- either uh, multiple books or books and then projects from the day job or from work around the house. Um, on any... Uh, you know, on a busy day, on a busy week, uh, how many things are you usually handling in any given day? Hmm, that's a good one. Uh, fathering and husband, husbanding every day, but uh, I really, we have worked something out. Uh, Mondays is the day that she run. My wife runs interference for me Mondays and Tuesdays, and that is the days that after I get off of work. After I do some of my chores and kind of, you know, uh, push the kids around, you know, yeah. and stuff, uh, then I can go and uh, start doing all the art. And, uh, you know, that's just how we work it out. So, I mean, it, it's multiple all the time. Uh, I know uh, this doing these covers, I have been super busy at mm-hmm. work that's why I haven't been attending the streams as often uh, because work has just gotten so ridiculous. And the thing is, is right now, I, for those who don't know, who are watching this and don't know, I work in the t-shirt screen printing business and we, we do stuff nationwide. So if there's playoffs in one area around you, then that means we're doing the playoffs for people nationwide. Mm-hmm. And if band, you know, if it's the time of year for band to start ordering stuff and they order strange stuff, uh, they oh, just yeah. do. Uh, they're going to order the most interesting stuff. Like tomorrow, I am working on a, a, a piece with Thanos playing a flute. Mm-hmm. And Voldemort is playing the little triangle. And Darth Vader is playing the trombone, and Scar has got a bassoon 
so yeah it's it's pretty crazy and it's this time of year that that stuff hits mm-hmm. so we're not in playoff time right now but we're in the time where bands start ordering a bunch of stuff yep. for next year and oh my goodness the requests we get is just uh and by the way they didn't want it like they, they want it like you know painted yeah. you know really super duper stuff so oh, yeah this is about the time we're uh we're getting ready for band camp. Uh yeah. Uh you definitely band kids and band teachers, uh definitely up there in terms of um uh eccentric uh designs and mascots, some of the things that yes. we did, yeah. Yeah, they get most of the time they get the most creative stuff, and I think it's just the musical nature, uh, mm-hmm. you know that art side of their brain works a little bit more. You know, a lot of times coaches will be like, you know, just usually it's, uh, if it's coaches, they're just like, yeah, we just want, you know, something signifying, you know, (laughs) we won the playoffs, you know, we beat the other team. Then you have a lot of times you'll have parents though, that order the shirts and they'll be, you know, they'll be really, Hey, I saw this on Pinterest and I thought this would be really nice. And, you know, a little bit more interesting, but always, always, always band is going to be, you know, no, oh, yeah. I just did all that on the wrong layer. Oh, but anyway, uh, going back to trying to split it all, there's just some things that I just have to put off, you know, and some things I just can't do, you know, mm-hmm. um, like gaming. I would love to game, but I just don't have the time in a day to do it. Mm hmm. Definitely. Uh, I'm, I'm about there as well. Um, uh, prioritization is definitely like, you know, kind of that kind of key thing where, uh, and it's kind of a sad truth that the, the older you get, the more you have to stop doing. Uh, not because you don't want to, just because you, you can't fit it in as much. You have to choose. Yeah. You have to choose what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have, you know, at at different times, like tonight, I played just a little bit of Call of Duty with my son no. because he has started playing Call of Duty and he likes it. And he's he's only seven. And, uh, you know, so it's all on, you know, a really low level, but it's older mm-hmm. Call of Duty games, yeah. uh, Call of Duty Ghosts. But anyway, you know, I have to take time to introduce him to stuff. Uh but I don't really consider that playing, you know, like for me, because, you know, if I was playing, I'd have it on the hardest settings and, you uh, know, you, you know, yeah, uh, it's Definitely. just totally different level. Uh, uh, but yeah, I mean, you just have to pick and choose what you're going to do. Um, I have a game, you know, that I still want to work on and I've had so many great ideas lately to, put to do an expansion for it and stuff and i just mm-hmm. haven't done it um talking about a board game not a video game no um but anyway you know there's that you know and i will get to it eventually you know after i get some of this work behind me i'll get back into it but it is not for me not wanting to or being burnt out on it or any of that mm-hmm. stuff it's just literally i have so much work to do at some point i'm just gonna have to say okay i'm doing this and i'm gonna have to put everything else you know down and uh you know you make you make time for what you love Mm -hmm. you know when somebody says well i don't i don't really have time for this or that see my problem is i love so many things (laughs) you know 
you know, I love so many things that I just have to I have to pick and choose what I'm going to do this given time period. You know, this mm-hmm. time frame. So yeah, definitely, and like. I still am at the point where I, I can game uh, pretty regularly on the on the week on on the weekly, thankfully. But it's definitely important where like it's just limited to uh, Destiny or uh, right now trying to get through Jedi Fallen Order. But I can't make the same like several hours dedicated to just grinding an Elden Ring or uh, a huge total war well, campaign. Well, that's another thing too. Yeah. See, is I love games that you grind on, and oh, yeah. I just don't have time. <laughs> Uh, there's so many games that I love that, you know, it really just yeah. takes you, you can't just kind of halfway sit down one and done, boom, gone, you know, back to work. Mm-hmm. Um, that's another issue too. It's a lot of the, a lot of the games I seem to go for are ones that require yeah you putting time and effort in. Yes. The, the, all the Sims and stuff that doesn't you feel like second jobs. Um, yes. Yeah. But it's so fun. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm kind of the same boat. Where uh, I almost find also uh, almost scheduling out that time specifically uh, also does help. Where I know that uh, you know, outside of that, I'm going to be working on uh, on writing or uh, work outside of that. Um, much like you, uh, my work's also been a little hectic. That's why I missed the um, uh, two weeks before last was uh, before my, my current position. I was actually freelancing for that company and they had a uh, we're doing a campaign blitz. So we had to get a bunch of articles out and ready before summer. Um, so uh, I, I was just grinding out articles nonstop. Um, mm. But uh, at the end of that, I knew that like, OK, once I get this last thing done. I have a Warhammer 40,000 tournament and that's my entire Saturday. I'm not scheduling anything else. That is my reward for finishing all this work. Yes. Yeah. And you know, that's, that's one thing too. You, that's, that's a good thing to do right there. What you just said is, uh, you know, you can make some of those things as rewards and you can mm-hmm. make yourself take off certain times to do that. Yeah. That's a good idea. Definitely. So that's also kind of a kind of funny thing where you, like you work a lot and then, you know, people know that about you. And then when, uh <laughs> you tell them like no i'm protecting the state just to do absolutely nothing yep uh yeah um, all work and no play makes jack a dull boy oh yeah oh yeah um so but uh i had a college professor uh i think it's like my very first class and uh uh he was uh he he, uh, he gave me some really he gave us all some really good advice uh, uh, he said, uh, you always say, like, I am absolutely a believer in slacking off and having like absolute do nothing brain dead time. But yeah. I, I do that in a way that's guilt free. Like if I can get everything done early, uh, so when someone walks in while I'm just doing, you know, playing, he was a huge fallout guy. So he's talking while I'm playing fallout four and so, on, uh, this is, yeah, we had our class like the week after fallout four was announced for that but uh he would say you know uh the goal is just to be uh get everything knocked out so I mean, when someone walks in and you're just you know a brain dead slob on the couch and that's like which something better to do you can honestly say no absolutely not <laughs> um 
but yeah, just getting getting a lot done beforehand. So I mean, when you do have that that brain dead, just chill time, it, it's guilt free. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, my thing is is uh, a lot of times people catch me when I'm doing uh, not doing anything, and they think I haven't been doing anything, mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. that's not the case. Yeah. Uh, so there's that. Absolutely. And that's that's yeah like i said that's why i'm like no i don't have anything better to do i already did it <laughs> yep yeah um so uh getting kind of specifically to working in comics and juggling multiple books um uh, i have uh, had a couple of projects where i have been you know editing a book and writing a book or uh writing two books um i did that at the end of uh wolf hunter um because they're also getting the first script of, of Soul Senate ready to be sent off. Um, and uh, of course, also, I, I do the, the website. So I'm constantly doing both managing or writing a book. So I'm managing if I'm the editor and managing the uh, uh, web content. So balancing that is its whole other act. Uh, so as an artist, uh, I know you have experience with this, but uh, working on multiple books, uh, either doing you know covers for one and interiors for another, or interiors for both, or which is what's going on right now. Yeah, or yeah. getting sent a uh, Christmas special in the middle of working on other books already. <laughs> yes, or just get done with something. Yay! Hey, could you do this for me? Sure. Great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So what's, what's the experience like for you and, and kind of what are some of your uh, ways of either dealing with that or, or uh, uh, suffering or, or thriving in a situation if you manage to do one or the other? Well, uh, I don't, you know, uh, part of me, like sometimes uh, I don't mind it at all because uh, it kind of gives me a chance to not get overwhelmed with something one one thing uh at the on the other side of it sometimes it takes me a little while to shift gears Mm -hmm. you know sometimes it's like man i'm just i'm in i'm doing fantasy right now i'm just not in the sci-fi mode you know so sometimes it takes a little uh, you know sitting down for just a minute and sometimes i even have to look uh look at a comic or something you know Mm -hmm. to kind of uh, I would say watch a movie, but I haven't done that in so long, you know, to, I mean, yeah. I've watched movies, but I haven't watched a movie just so I could get back into something, you know, but sometimes I, you know, I do, I have to, I have to do stuff that will make me kind of get into it, you know, uh, and thank you, uh, Ryan, I appreciate it. You said that looks gorgeous. Yeah. It's going to, you are getting a firsthand look at it. As a matter of fact, uh, this will, nobody will be seeing this until it goes up uh, on the Kickstarter. I don't know if this will be the main cover. I I don't even know. Look at that. I don't even know if it's going to be the main cover or if it's going to be an alternate cover. A little bit of a juicy blues. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I actually had to do a couple of these as thumbnails. to show i can uh, actually do that right now just show what the whenever we're gonna do them i just kind of do like a uh 
a render, a real Maybe. rough, rough render, and then show that to whoever the comic belongs to and go from there. So that's kind of what you're going to be looking at at the end of it. I do mine out a little bit more than some, uh, just saying. So yeah. uh, s- some people kind of do theirs a little bit uh, with less detail. But I was going to say, yeah, that for a render, like I get carried uh, away. <laughs> and, uh, for, for, yeah. Uh, Ryan said, wow. And definitely uh, for a render, like you'd almost just say, put some watercolor on that. And that's a done cover. Just yeah, I, work works. yeah. Well, you know, this uh, I've said it in the past. This is my therapy. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, man, especially on a long day, like tomorrow's going to be a long day because, uh, you know, I've, I, I'll do that piece and I'll do, you know, several other pieces besides that. And, you know, my I'm at my wits end you know, because oh, yeah. there's a lot of stuff that I have to do on a daily basis that I don't particularly talk about getting into stuff. Mm-hmm. There, you know, I, I'm just not interested in, but I have to make myself get interested in it, you know, to do it right. and to perform, you know, and I have to work for the customer uh, and give them the best, you know, give them my best. And right. that's, you know, and that sometimes it's, it's really tough, but you know, then I get here and I get so focused in on details and I yeah. get carried away and lose myself and the clock is just going behind me, you know. Uh, I can imagine you can only do so many lines holding footballs a quarter. Yes. <laughs> yep. What about writing, though? That's that's a lot of thought uh, there. I mean, that goes into writing and a lot of creativity in the thought world, you know? Yeah. Sometimes, a lot of times what I do is I, I doodle and sometimes, you know, that helps. Mm-hmm. But what do you do uh, yeah. to um, get in that mode? Yeah. So writing, we were working on like multiple books, like, and, you know, working on Wolf Hunter, which is a World War II spy thriller and Soul Senate, which is a mythological space epic. Uh, <laughs> very, very different genres. Um, but, uh Brendan Sanderson has this term that he coined that I, I definitely uh, think has value, and that is taking a brain break. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just, you know, in writing, um, I also kind of agree with Neil Gaiman's thought that there's no such thing as, as writer's block. Like, uh, if a, a block is something that happens to your pipes, not your plumber. <laughs> this is the, the, the metaphor there. Um, mm-hmm. uh so uh, there are words there you're saying for which words need to come out and that'll get everything going. Um, so, you know, working on uh, Soul Senate, if that wasn't coming to me particularly well, then I'd hop over to Wolf Hunter and, and I'd find like, oh, I'm actually writing a lot of, you know, uh, the, the the villain has a particular way of talking that becomes more present in the later issues. So that won't spoil that particular background of them because that will actually spoil a decent chunk of the comic. But, um, you know, writing that particular voice style as opposed to writing in the uh, pseudo-Latin, very um, official tone that a lot of people talk about in, in um, Soul Senate. So bouncing between the two actually allows me to be more efficient with my time because one will work better where the other one won't. And then when one dries up, if I go to the other one, that's been percolating in my subconscious, so that one is ready to go. Um, 
and uh uh you know you work in you know graphic design for t-shirts and all that i work in writing marketing so sometimes even that will uh, help where you know writing about like hvac uh installation isn't the most thrilling thing but you know uh and it, it is hard to get excited for that but sometimes uh after being stuck in that for so long, coming back to writing about, you know, the more fantastical or the more exciting stuff, uh, it is therapeutic and it does uh, want to come out more because it's been repressed by uh, thousands of words about why you need this particular, you know, uh, uh, AC unit or this particular like air filter for your car. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, uh, you know, work work can be pretty dry at times, uh, especially if you've got your heart set on something else, you Mm -hmm. know, uh, absolutely. But at the same time, whenever things come up and, you know, it's it's good to have like something that you can go to in your brain Mm -hmm. to keep you (laughs) sane. Yeah, we could say. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And. you know, there is almost some benefit to because there definitely is skill carryover. Like the more projects you do at once, I mean, obviously, if you extend yourself, if you bring yourself out, you're going to have diminishing returns. But uh, if you're at a point where you're at a balanced strain, where you are challenging yourself in different ways, um, you know, working on uh, your your high school mascots or your marketing material. The, you know the, the there's still concepts of um, yeah design yeah. or engaging writing that carry over and and vice versa. So and then working across genres where you know uh, be having an extensive work drawing fantasy or writing fantasy will cause you to think about science fiction or uh, realism in a different way. Well, I'm absolutely blessed that I have a job that. Uh... You know, like I have that uh, it keeps my art, uh, you know, muscle working, you know, Uh, definitely. Yeah, it really helps a lot. And uh, I've actually worked a lot of other jobs. I've worked Mm -hmm. offshore. I've, uh, man, I've done all kinds of different stuff. I used to do the other part of screen printing where I'd actually print the T-shirts and stuff. Uh, I've uh, in the press. Yeah. Uh, that was one of the things that got me my job. Uh, mm-hmm. What you know, they were looking. You know, they had all this. How many years of college you needed to have, and all that stuff. And I, I've been working at it since I was fifteen, off and on. So I already knew a lot of the stuff. Uh, you know, like the we. I worked in little shops, so I was able to do all the stuff and know how to do it. That, you know, that helped out a lot. So definitely. Yeah. Um, so very fortunate. Oh yeah. Um, and that's definitely, you know, something that I, I found to having gone from, uh, working in, uh, auto sales to, uh, a warehouse to finance and now, actually having a, a day job in, in writing of some aspect. It's the, the weird, um, it, when you do find that job that does 
aligned with what you are, what what you do, what you are. Uh, it it takes a makes a lot of everything. Remember, she's I can't I can't imagine trying to create. Oh, this is probably going to sound very privileged. It, it probably is, but trying to create comics while also being like a warehouse worker. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, uh, so I, I feel like if you, uh, I know I think we do have some people here who do work in warehouses, and uh, but so uh, those people that do it, they definitely. Their ability to uh, balance their creativity while also, you know, having what might be a soul-sucking job if you know it's not what it's not what they're passionate about. Uh, definitely, kudos to them for doing that. Exactly. I mean, uh, you know, you got to eat, you got to live, you got to pay for stuff, you know. And uh, you know, it's. Uh, I was just fortunate. Uh, you know, I I taught school for a while, and I was not really able to follow this at you know as as much as i do now and yeah. uh and there for a while i didn't think even with this job i was going to be able to because we were working so many hours but uh all the time but uh you know uh, i just decided if 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 i'm gonna get anywhere doing this if this is what i want to do i mean you only live once mm-hmm. uh, then i'm just gonna have to do it and i'm gonna have to stay up you know, to do it. Like I'm staying up right now. You're on the West coast. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I am on the East pretty much. Uh, I'm in Texas, but it's still, you know, Eastern, uh, or central. I can't remember, but anyway, uh, you know, it's very late here and we know this is when I get to my alone time to be able to do stuff. Yeah. So, and, uh, uh, Luckily enough, uh, at least, you know, something like this allows you to, well, do juggling multiple projects again. If we're doing, you know, marketing for your comic, it's kind of, or uh, or for publisher, it's kind of great to be able to do that while also working on your comic. Yes. Uh, yeah. I can't really do because I, I just get too distracted by the other trying to write a comic while talking about an unrelated subject. Uh, although we did have an uh, episode, which uh, people can click back on, where we did write out uh the uh beginnings of a very interesting uh mushroom infused skateboarding comic um oh yeah that was yes. good yeah y'all should really look that up that was yeah. good yep. hey and we're hello mr one mr aaron humphreys <sighs> hey sorry running late always That's running late yes. <laughs> seems like everyone ditched you uh yeah we're, we're we're making do where it's the uh the classic duo here but we're glad to have you with us uh the uh, other uh west coast buddy here so are you doing a are you working on trump's quinn yes uh cover are we doing a kickstarter for the second issue soon or something uh or it won't just... be long it won't be long now that's what the cat said when he got his tail caught in the lawnmower right yeah that's true it won't mm-hmm. be long now it will yep. not Nope. Yeah, it's coming up. Uh, I think within the next couple months or something, something like that. That's cool. Yeah, but uh, we are talking about juggling multiple projects. Uh, so, Aaron, uh, if you was, if you have any the, the jump straight in, um, you no, know, uh, juggling multiple books at once or juggling books on a day job. Uh, yeah, I uh, yeah. I finished. Uh, I was working the obsoletes and finished up Golly, so that was going back and forth. Uh, yeah. Do one page on one, the page in the other, back and forth. Now I'm just working on the obsoletes. So okay, 
So, uh, so you do. Uh, so I kind of like uh, when I start where, where like I need to take a brain break from bouncing between two different books. Where I yeah. you know, write a bit on Soul Senate and write a bit on Wolf Hunter. You kind of did something similar, bouncing between doing the art for two different books. Yeah, I was doing the art between. No, Gotlands was my own, so it was easier. Mm-hmm. But then doing the obsoletes and then going back and forth or keeping track of each one. And it's it's weird because I've noticed me working on multiple projects, I get more interested in one than the other. Mm-hmm. Or I've always been one to a person that likes to start something to finish it before moving on to the next thing. Yeah. So working on two different things at once sometimes can be taxing a little bit. I want to get one. Sure. I, I've done this. I've tried to do that with video games. So I'll try to play a few games at once. And I usually just get sucked into one and finish that before moving on. It never works yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. No, we, we talked about this before, but you, you suffer from the opposite of shiny new syndrome where it, <laughs> yeah. uh, whatever is new can go on the back burner. So you got to finish this right now. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So uh, did you find that when you're bouncing between, uh, two different books that you were uh couldn't have mentioned this but you need some time to maybe uh wind up or find the mood for that other style or was it uh like what i saying we're working on one kind of allows the other one to percolate in your subconscious so when you come back to it it almost just kind of comes right out it i don't know i mean it's funny i kind of there was kind of, not really a switch in, in style. I guess I kind of have my own style. And even even when I've attempted to switch it somewhat, it, it, my style still comes out. So I just over mm-hmm. it, as I'm drawing it, I just like, oh yeah, okay, I'm back to yep. like trying to change your handwriting. Eventually, you just go back. Your body just goes back to the same thing. Rub off um, and feet. Yeah, I, you know it's funny. I I never did. I could pretty much jump straight to the other. And this is Goblin's my own. I usually was that was percolating more in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, because trying to figure out how to tell it, is this right? This is looking okay. Obsoletes, I was more just long, as long as I'm showing what's in the script and, and that, that wasn't as much. Uh, I think it's cause I'm not the writer. So I'm just trying to portray what's in the script. Well, I'm actually on my own book trying to think, Oh, was this the best way to show it? Can that be more dramatic and blah, blah, blah and stuff like that. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So. Oh, I like the skull. Right. Yeah, yeah horror book. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I <laughs> Not really. Yeah, I definitely love uh, the uh, the kind of skill or in, uh, influence on it. And, uh, almost looks like a some sort of pain or panel behind it. It's almost stained glassish behind it. Almost. I'm not sure what Quentin's going for yeah. there, but yeah. You'll see. Well, we'll see in time. It's the cover exclusive edition of the two that tuesday night show yes we got our juicy exclusive all right um so just looking at it yeah i didn't know quentin could draw (laughs) some people are still wondering if i can yeah if anyone anyone doubts that we just show them the uh the facades or interiors we made you do for the christmas special oh yeah yeah (laughs) yeah Let's see. Actually, actually, uh, I have these. Uh, there we go. So that's oh, yeah. oh, oh yeah. yeah. He's, when he's blowing yeah. stuff up. Yep. yep. And we got a. 
Oh, I had to do a lot of that in this book too. Oh my god! Photorealistic representation of uh, St. Martin's in the Fields. <laughs> oh, that's right. You're drawing Trump's four, right? Yeah. Or is it three? Three. 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 Okay. All yeah, right. I actually, I've I've been done with it for quite a while now, uh, and it was yeah. actually uh, I got done with it just around the time I had to do uh, I had to blow up London. Yeah. Yep. So it was well, who doesn't want to blow practice. up London. Yeah. All right. In the Christmas special. Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, we can actually use this as kind of a segue. So balance between going from, you know, doing one style to another, we kind of briefly touched on this, but um, you know, you might need your own uh, time to warm up or uh, I think Quentin mentioned, you know, we might need to read a comic in that style, but going from genre to genre, especially if it's like an extreme genre change going from, Oh, uh, I went from World War II to sci-fi epic. It sounds like you went from sci-fi yeah. epic to World War II. Uh, doing those transitions, what are some of your ways of, uh, you know, uh, getting settled in that, you know, the the tone or the style that's appropriate for that setting or that uh, genre, as opposed to, you know, wanting to, you know, bring laser guns or uh, flaming spears into one or the other. Or in my case, I guess we bring bringing Mother Schmitz into... Uh... Like, what do I read to get in the mood or whatever? <laughs> When you phrase it like that, but yes. Uh... <laughs> I don't know, like Tim. What, what do you want me to read to get in the mood? Tim's like, read this. Yeah. Just make sure you turn the lights low. Just got him for a dune, yeah. Um, I strange, I've been one of those people that just been able to kind of jump straight in and go to my art. I've, I've, I've I don't know, to a lot. Of, I, I never needed warm-up sessions mm, okay. uh, to do my art. Um, like a lot of people do preliminary sketches or warm reps, I just kind of jump straight in and do it. Um, so oh, artists yeah. have like, I, I didn't think it was, everybody needed a warm up. I thought I was more, but I find it I'm more uncommon that I do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a lot of people need to warm up and get loose. I'm just never. It depends with that. me on the day I've had. Sure. Yeah. Because I, I know you had mentioned earlier going about you, you might end up doodling or doing something like that. Can you go into a little bit more on that? Yeah, sometimes, uh, sometimes I have to do some doodling. When I was coming from this, going to the Christmas special World War nineteen uh, forties, uh, I always actually I, I really love history, and I knew mm-hmm. I know a lot about you know what what it was that you were throwing down, and uh, but at the same time, I've never really done any art that was centered on the 1940s or you know any of that uh world war ii stuff yeah um so that was you know that was a bit of an issue so uh you know i didn't really doodle for that one i just kind of i don't know i read your script over and over and over and then you know just went looked at some reference stuff you know uh because even though i'm familiar with a lot of it you know of course drawing it you have to be aware of, you know, what you're drawing uh, mm-hmm. intimately, you know, yeah. especially when it comes to researching, you know, vehicles and planes. And yeah, uh, I know, you know, and some of this stuff was a little hard to find, you know, like the uh, the BBC yeah. bands, because, uh, you know, that's not just something you just look up and you're going to find very easily. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and they, especially since images of those were not as common for the, you know, the very reason that we kind of cover in that special is the fact that uh, if you were to 
fabricate one or the fact that they did have some that got stolen by uh, the Germans that they could be very easy to infiltrate with one of those. Well, uh, not only that, but some of the buildings are no longer there. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were yeah, uh, uh, gone a long time ago. And, you know, for instance, uh, St. Martin's in the field, they have a, a back stained glass mm-hmm. there at the end. I had to really research hard to get the stained glass because all that was destroyed. Yeah. Uh, during World War II, yeah. and now it's like this modern thing. But back mm-hmm. then, it was something else. And of course, there's probably nobody that was reading the comic and like, "Oh, that's the wrong stained glass in the window." But I wanted yeah. to be, for me, I had to be authentic. Yeah. And in order to do that, I needed to find the right, you know, stained glass. So that oh, yeah. I spent time doing that you know yeah, well, that's a, yeah kind of the, the crappy thing that i realized when we went to the bbc and the fact that i, mean, I looked up like oh at this point the bbc had been hit by an aerial mine and they were in the process of throwing camouflage nets over it but they actually hadn't gotten repairs done but then a year after that it was repaired it was a completely different building essentially so it's like there's like six months here of like someone may have taken a photo reference yeah there's look- a lot of stuff like that yeah. during that time period. Uh, you know, uh, whenever I was doing The People, uh, yeah, I've seen movies of World War II people. Mm-hmm. I've seen, you know, I know basically what they were wearing, but, you know. Uh, you mean clothes? Yeah, if you're going to be, if you're going to be drawing it and you're going to mm-hmm. have, you're going to have to know where all those lines go and. No, you God. know, you want to be authentic, so you you know you research little stuff like that that nobody else would really consider. You know, right. you don't have to; you can wing it. You know, uh, right. plenty of people do. There's nothing I, wrong with that either. I think someone had uh, I can't remember who it was, but uh, like the reference, like the uh, RAF uniform that uh, Willard did it in is like no, it, it's it's uh, spot on for the details, but. Someone mentioned that like the cut or the fit was uh, a little inaccurate for the time because it's it's tied around the torso or as opposed to, like at the time men's fashion is very loose. And my comment back to that was, "Oh, well, have you seen the comic where the hero looks good in a loose fitting jacket?" <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep. <laughs> it's like if you have a and, guy who looks like Action Man, he needs to look like Action Man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and see, that was another thing too. That very thing that you just mentioned. Uh, you know, I had to look through all kinds of stuff and. A lot of what I was able to find was from reunions and stuff that people had had, and they still had their uniforms on. And that was uh, because there were so many conflicting photos of what that looked like. Yeah. Especially the symbol on the chest. Uh, that was a thing, you know? Yes. The, uh, yeah, the, uh, depending on the wean you're at, and if you were at achieved A status or not, that may have changed or it may have been. Slightly different. As I know, if you were one of the aces in exile, even if you were given ace status, you had a completely different chess piece, even though you're technically an ace in the RAF. Yeah. Yeah. And again, there's probably nobody that's going to look at that comment and be like, well, that's not the right symbol on the chest. He would have been, you know, yada, yada, yada. It depends on who is. I watched, I used to watch historical shows with a history major, and she would comment all the time how inaccurate things were. Right. Um, yeah. So it just depends. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really notice as long as it generally looks like it. Mm-hmm. You know, 
close enough. Yeah. My favorite thing um, is Oh, go ahead. Oh no, I was saying that's usually yeah. how I see. And they even in World War Two, they have taken liberties when they do like um fictional stories. Mm-hmm. Like it like they did uh like Overlord and stuff yes. was accurate, but then they had the stretcher because you're dealing with monsters and zombies. Yes. And so yeah. that, I, that I don't mind. Yeah. I mean, as long as it, if you're stretching it for the confines of the mm-hmm. context of the story, that, that, that's okay. Especially if what you're telling is completely fictional. Yeah. That's what I, yeah. With um, the opening of Wolf Hunter issue number one, um, we use a f- fictional uh, date of battle. Is uh, I believe it's July 13th, is what we say in the comic, but on July, uh, I chose that one because on July 12th and July 14th, there are dogfights over that same stretch in the channel, yeah. And so, since this is a secret history where this guy's story is supposed to be redacted, I wanted to say, like, well, if there's fights on both sides of the day, who's to say we can't say there's a fight there who's also there and that might have been either removed or used that to fit in that character yeah. that doesn't exist, so we use a, a fight that. Would have occurred on either day after, but just give it a, a new context so that we can slip into details that we need. Right. Yeah, and I mean, that, I mean, look at the movie three, the the comic book and the movie mm. three hundred. I mean, oh, yeah. that's not historically accurate at all. But he, we're missing he, about ten thousand Athenians, and uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even even the even the story he did was inaccurate. I mean, the way I heard mm-hmm. it, the Spartans didn't go to stop the Persians; they were retreating. And then mm-hmm. the 300 stopped to hold off the Persians to allow the Greek army to retreat. Yeah, essentially, that's the story I heard. Yeah, essentially, yeah. Um, they weren't supposed to go to war, uh, but the rest of Greece was. So, um, uh, King Leonidas at that time, uh, this is actually covered in the book The Bronze Lie. So, if anyone's interested uh, and yeah. wants to kind of read about uh, Spartan pro- the Spartan propaganda machine, it's really interesting. But King Leonidas was an old man who had never fought any major battles. So he was like, I got to do something before I die. <laughs> so he grabbed his personal bodyguard and marched out to join the rest of the Greek army. Uh, they set up that position there. And then um, uh, when they realized that they're being outflanked, uh, it's that same situation where the uh, they uh, 300 uh, fought a fighting retreat along with a couple thousand Athenians and yeah. um, you know people from the other city-states while well, the rest of the uh, the league army went back to uh, north of Athens to stop them from pushing any further. Right. It was a sh- yeah, and also, I mean, and but he, but it didn't, and that, that's something that bothered me because Frank Miller wrote it to be like a tall tale, mm-hmm. uh, you know, something you would tell around a campfire. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I see what he's going for. He's taking the historical uh, event and kind of writing this sort of tall tale around it, like something you would hear mm-hmm. word of mouth. I'm like, okay, that's that's totally fine. Um, yeah. So I think you can change history to sometimes get to the essence yeah. of something that inspires you. Um, I mean, I, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, they haven't even done science right half the time. I mean, when I saw the show Gravity, mm-hmm. um, they were trying to make it as accurate as possible. But apparently the guy who's directing it said, yeah, I got really boring. So mm-hmm. we decided to just change it up. And uh, I'm like, okay. But, but again, the, the only re- and that usually never... Stuff like that can bother me. It, it bothers me, especially in gravity, because if you're dealing with NASA. Mm-hmm. I expect some level of realism, right? Because NASA's a real entity researching actual yeah. space. Star Wars, I don't care. Right. Stuff like that, I don't. That's care. that's yeah. That's what I liked about uh, the Expanse was they said like uh, we have like weird like alien super viruses. We them to make it interesting. We can take time to explain that 
uh, the only time you get any sort of artificial gravity on a ship is through linear thrust and has to be designed in a very specific way. Otherwise, it doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard, I've not watched, I've watched some of the expanse, but I've heard that it it does a pretty good job of backing up the science, which is strange enough. If you actually, just like history, if you, if you are accurate with history and accurate science, you can actually make, to me personally, more more interesting Mm -hmm. stories because it's just when you stop to think about like, well, how would somebody fight in space? Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, we've always talked about like, would you have dog fights and like, no, it'd literally be like people shooting laser beams over hundreds of miles to incinerate yeah. ships. I mean, you wouldn't probably wouldn't even see your enemy. Mm-hmm. They would just be shooting at points. It would basically be like submarine warfare on a massive scale. Mm-hmm. Well, That's... that was that was one of the things that really tripped me out about that whole show was uh, just the little stuff. You mm-hmm. know, like just uh, the little stuff that they paid so close of attention to, like... Mm-hmm. Uh, for instance, you know, people being born on Mars, they they obviously didn't deal well with uh, Earth's gravity. People who yeah. were yeah. born out in the belt, who had always ever been in the belt, they couldn't possibly, uh, you know, yeah. uh, survive on a planet, you and, know, because yeah. of the gravity. And, and uh, developed like bone mutations and stuff because they're, they didn't have an, the same amount of compression on their joints as their parents did. Right, little stuff yeah. like that. You know, that snagged me in, mm. you know, r- really quick. Yeah. It, it, but it makes it interesting because yeah. it, would, it stops and makes you think, well, what if this really was? I mean, there are little things. To me, that makes science fiction more interesting than just, well, they're in space and it's lasers and <laughs> spaceships. I'm like, yeah, but so when you start paying attention to some of the effects that you are, you know, in a, a complete void mm-hmm. of no air. And for and years, step, there's you know, yeah. so many of those, you know, real simple things that have been shown to us, you know, we, that we, we never questioned it, Mm -hmm. you know, but I mean, it it was, it just was, it made it different, you know, that they were actually focusing on that kind of stuff. You know, that's kind of like uh, it's Aaron's point. Like a lot of science fiction shows and and movies, you you still get the classic image of like the ships pulling up and broadsiding each other. Yeah. But But then you go to the expanse and they're like, well, no, it's a gunship. So it's going to be built, in like a, a cylinder and yeah. it's not going to be arms going to have a few torpedoes at the front, but it's going to have mostly just if you don't have energy weapons, which they said, like it yeah. may not be a thing. So like there's, it has computer assisted machine guns essentially that are on gimbals. So you're going to spit, you're going to spiral the ship. So it's harder to like shoot it, to shoot at it, but that way it has full range of motion. So it's guns can just track incoming missiles or the ships around it. So it's not broadsiding. You're just, you're just spiraling through a danger zone. Right. And in the outside, remember, because there's no air stuff in space, mm-hmm. you can actually shoot. If you shoot ballistic weapons, you can shoot them like like if you shoot a 32 mm-hmm. caliber bullet, it's going to be traveling the same speed though it hits the other ship. Yep. Uh, there's no air resistance to slow it down. So yep. there's lots of effects. I mean, it's it's interesting when you use balli- – you, and I think ballistics is dan- – you know – <laughs> It's dangerous. Mm-hmm. Energy weapons, I think I can see it working better. I the only thing I would think is ballistic weapons, considering the, the speed you would mm-hmm. project the bullet, you would give them time to get away. Where a light weapon, mm-hmm. uh, especially a laser, would be almost instantaneous because of the speed of light. Mm-hmm. Um and so but again, I just it's weird to think because they were thinking, um, you know, when you think of like, yeah, you, you wouldn't even see your enemy. You would just be blips in the radar. They'd be charting out the shot and then taking the shot. And you would just see, you wouldn't even see him up close. Mm-hmm. Like if you were doing real 
space warfare, but it's not as exciting as Star Wars. I mean, all the dogfighting stuff is right. cool to look at. I mean, if you did it realistically in space, I mean, you could. There was um, a show. It was a. Oh, it was based on a video game. It was. Uh, what was this? It was StarCraft or something. But they did basically submarine warfare in yeah. space, and they did an okay job. Of it. Yeah. The ships were very up close. But I'm like, oh, that's that's cool. Star Trek, I think, does a good job. Yeah. Yeah, that sort of space warfare. Um, yeah, from a it, distance. yeah. And when it comes to yeah. like the command structure and all that kind of stuff, I mean, uh, Star, yeah. you know, Star Trek was very good at nailing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. You know, and they did really good with the science. You know, they had yeah. at the time. Um, you know, and then there's just some stuff. You know, it's like video games. You know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff that's not realistic in video games, but at some yeah. point, you have to stop you know, trying to make things realistic yeah. and remember that you have a game to balance, Right. you yeah. know, that there's people playing the game and, uh, you know, no. that that's kind of the way it is with shows. At some point you have to leave, you know, some room for the story to take place, you know? Yeah. That's yeah. Uh, honestly what I thought, uh, worked well about like Battlestar Galactica is like the science they gave, there's enough backstory to make the science as wishy-washy as it needed to be because the backstory was, you know, like, of course it doesn't make sense. It's human. It's, Humanity before humanity in a faraway world after the end of humanity. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but uh, in terms of battle doctrine, the idea of having, you know, your ships are essentially just large artillery platforms or command centers. And if you were to have fighters, they'd be serving interdiction roles, trying to disable the ship before you were exposed yourself. Yeah. They'd be working on disabling. The mm-hmm. one of my, the, the funny things as, as far as like dog fighting is, well, my favorite show is always Robotech as far as the way they did dog mm-hmm. fighting. Um, I think Star Wars and them did a pretty good uh, job of like that dog fighting in space. But again, I mean, do, do your ships really need wings? Right. Unless you're going into the atmosphere, no. Mm-hmm. But you know, yeah. Um, so we're kind of, <laughs> yeah, we're kind of getting off topic here. But I will tie this back in. So, uh, working on a project, uh, you know, uh, Quinn and I kind of uh, very recent experience with this, but. Uh, and uh, uh, I don't know if you have as well. Working on a project where you do have these hard set rules of physics and law, like yeah. laws of reality or, or battle doctrine that you need to apply to, and then uh, doing it at the same time as something that is absolutely not that. Almost wonder. I, I find it's it's easier to have like one of both, like working on Wolf Hunter, which is yeah. like hard set World War Two, and then Soul Sendent, which is gods in space doing Roman god stuff. Um, like yeah. I still get the mythology right ish, but I mean there's no experts on what God's fighting in space looks like. So there's nothing I need to really right. adhere to on that. It's funny. I, I, when I did my godlings, the, the best way I envisioned my godlin godlings fighting was uh Dragon Ball Z. Mm-hmm. Uh, the idea where they'd be blowing up a mountain with a single shot. That's as far as how fast some of my characters would move. Uh, that actually came from movie man of steel, which I've seen this in Dragon Ball Z too. Mm-hmm. Um, where it was the the Fiona, I think, woman. They were trying to shoot her, and she just like was she was almost looked like she was teleporting across the ground. She was moving yeah. so fast, like that's how I would see gods fighting. Now, Interstellar, that's a whole different concept. Yeah. <laughs> so, how what did you base that? On? I mean, what was your reference for them fighting in that grand of a scale? Oh, uh, yeah. Um, for me, it actually came a bit from like. Uh, I guess also kind of like, my, I was able to take more 
uh, oddly enough, Conan I talked about earlier, but you know, sometimes when you're balancing multiple projects, you know, times for games. Yeah. But I made time to play uh, some games while I was doing both those things at the same time. Where I played Destiny to warm up for writing um, mm-hmm. Soul Send It, and then I'd play Hearts of Iron or Hell at Loose for uh, um, uh, uh, Wolf Hunter. But uh, kind of that same idea where, like, uh, no, the Ro- the Roman pantheon is a lot of like a lot of like ancient pantheons where that they are human enough that you can scale it down, but extreme enough that when their power gets unleashed, like it's it's devastating. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So being able to uh, since you think like you know, uh, what would a human who has uh, uh, total control over the the void of space look like, and and what and like creating like ex nihilo out of that, where you know they're they're car of the god that comes out of nothing or whatever. Um, uh, and so, but making them human enough that they they fit that trope of of being you know. Uh, uh, fallible and in, in some ways yeah. more, more mortal than you expect them to, but uh, more so representing that visually and through their their power usage. Uh, yeah, I mean the funny thing is, is I'm like depending on what your definition of a god is, they're able to bend reality. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean my the way I did my gods is my gods were sort of a master of one thing. My main character was a god of lightning, so he could control lightning. He mm-hmm. could, you know, make lightning. Uh, the idea of the old sort of, you know, kind of Greek gods. And, and most gods in Greek and, and Roman and most mythologies are gods of many things, multiple mm-hmm. facets, not just one. Uh, but to simplify it, I made it, you know, a goddess, you know, Crystal's a goddess of, of rock. You know, Doom is a god of the warrior spirit. Take that as you will, like warriors, you know, the, a god of war sort of thing. And that's what they were good at. But, I mean, if you were talking about actual gods, I mean, they would be manipulating matter. Mm-hmm. Like that, almost like that, uh, the old Thanos comic when the Avengers are fighting Thanos and with the glove, and he would just keep undoing them. Like he would turn Captain America's shield and the butterflies. And, I mean, he would just mm-hmm. be rewriting reality. Mm-hmm. As he, that's how I'd almost see it. Now, yeah. how exciting that would be, I, I, I don't. I don't see. Know. Yeah, that's how I kind of carried it visually, where that, uh, because of how. And this is you mentioned insults in it, but um, in, uh, Rome being a very legalistic system, uh, you know, laws of domain are a big thing, and that's also why they ended up getting the term "causes bellies." They had to have a just war, so they actually had to find some way in which someone else's domain infringed upon Rome's before they could declare war. Uh, of course, judging by history, they found a lot of ways to sneak around that, but yeah. Um, and they always had to have a formal declaration of war by having a priest of Mars or a priest of Bologna walk up to the borderline of the territories, and they throw a javelin over to so that uh, that got that uh, Rome and the gods have declared war against that people, which led to a funny story where uh, I believe it was a Gaul tribe that they were actually on the other end of one of their uh, allied states, so they couldn't actually get someone up there in time to throw the spear but they found that someone from that tribe was actually living in rome so they made them <laughs> and in in roman law if you bought a plot of land but you're a citizen of another uh, city or country uh that was considered the land of that kingdom so they made him buy a plot of land like, like the temple of bologna lent him money to buy a plot of land across from the temple of bologna so the priest could then throw a spear into it to declare war man <laughs> 
Well, you know, it's always, you know, you have to make sure you do the first thing first. And you yeah. got to throw the spear down. There's no spear. That was so, like, what was it, Eddie Izzard when he was talking about. We got a flag. Yeah. You yeah. Know, you have a flag? No. No flag, no country. You yeah. know, and there is, you know, as dumb as, and I think that's stupid, yes. but some people really feel that way. You didn't officially declare. I mean, even now we have to officially declare war to go to mm-hmm. war or somebody. Yeah. Um, but, um, but given that law of domain, uh, I, they got. I wanted to have the gods and their avatars, their ascendants, be able to manipulate matter specifically of that domain. So, uh, oh, that's interesting. So, uh, Sol, uh, being the sun god, um, his ascendant Invictus, uh, can manipulate solar energy and thermal energy. Um, where and uh, Nahilo, being the goddess of the moon, manipulates uh, the background cosmic radiation of the void. Uh, and we have uh, Mars Ascendant who is, can manipulate raw muscle mass, so he just looks like a giant roided out freak. Um, oh man, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, being able to manipulate uh, specifically that type of of of, of energy uh, and uh, use that to influence the world, so uh, but also keep it very much visually distinct in the in the Roman identity, so. Uh, Invictus fights a lot with a uh, either a flaming gladius or a flaming spear, and um, he just generates out of raw solar energy. And so, because of that, there's no real way to block it unless you are fighting with a weapon made out of pure void energy, something like that. Yeah, you know, strange enough, did you ever play a video game called uh, Darkstalkers? Yes, do you remember the character Pyron? Mm hmm. The yeah. sun god. That's what almost yes. I was thinking of when you were describing it. Like this guy, pure energy or whatever, yeah. that could just change shape and, and mm-hmm. things. I don't know. I always thought that'd be cool. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. So I kind of getting back on topic. So I was uh, saying there. So if I'm working on two projects, to have one that's set like in, hard, in a hard, like yeah. hard setting and hard rules, like these are what I need to abide by, and one that is purely fantastical, do whatever I want. Do you guys have any preference on if you were to like work on projects? Do you like having something like that? Do you want them? If you're having to balance multiple projects, do you want there to be no rules at all? Like everything is fantastical, or do you do you want only rule sets, and do you only want to? <laughs> well, it's funny. My godliness yeah. is pretty fantastical. The obsolete, even though it was science fiction, is still based on like, I mean, the the, the regular people with guns. Mm-hmm. They're not superhumans, um, so I can't have them doing crazy uh, things. Um, I don't know. I never really. I, I as an artist, I think, um, you know, I was writing one, but the other one I'm just an artist for. I just whatever I need to draw. I don't really think exactly. That. Uh, that's what I was gonna say. Is you yeah. know, if I'm doing my own story, I'll probably do that thing until I get tired of it. And yeah. uh, you know, but if I'm if it's something that I'm doing for somebody else, you know, you just kind of figure out what you need to do to do get the job yeah. done to bring it when it's time uh, you know mm-hmm. so that, i mean that's so it's really not a matter of what you like or dislike you try to figure out some something about it that you can resonate with but uh something to make it interesting if it's uninteresting to you but mm-hmm. uh you know for the most part you just really need to be able to and i think this comes with maturity mm-hmm. you really yeah. just have to be able to switch gears without giving it too much thought and and be in whatever you're needed to be at the time uh 
And, uh, you know, again, you know, like stuff you've never done before, you got to be willing to try stuff that you've never done before, you know, and uh, not be scared of it. But, you know, try to look yeah. at it as a learning experience, you know, mm-hmm. uh, for instance, you know, doing the battle, like I was saying, doing the battles and stuff and Trump's three, you know, and the explosions and the mayhem and all that stuff was really instrumental whenever I was doing the Christmas spe- uh, Christmas special blowing up of London. You know, yeah. uh, it helped a lot because, you know, there's some of those things that I hadn't really settled on yet uh, as far as how to do bombs bursting in air. Yeah. Yeah. Being on banner um, and all that kind of stuff, you know, and it just it helped out a lot. Uh, so you just had to be ready and willing. Now, if it's something that I'm doing, uh, I don't usually switch around too much. You know, mm-hmm. I, I do one until it's done and then I work on it, you know. Uh, so there's not a lot of changing, you know. Yeah, I guess. I mean, what all did you work on uh, of your own besides Godlings, Aaron? That well, I that my two children's books were done by me, and I have lots of other books. I did a book called Dead Luck, uh, one called, and you did that while you were working on Godlings. I did not. I actually did Dead Luck while I was going to the Art Institute, so I was doing homework and Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Um, Godlings, Godlings was the first time I did. Obviously, it's in Godlings together most of the time. But sometimes I would write stuff while I'm working and finishing a project. I would write things down and stuff like that. Um, I'm kind of taking a break from writing and just sort of drawing. I have some ideas. Uh, I do want to make some comic books of my Knock the Barbarian, but there will be just single issues that won't be... I don't want to do a series or multiple issues. Uh, well, it'll be multiple issues, but each issue will be its own self-contained story. It won't be... Like this interconnected huge slog. I don't know. I, I don't really want to do that now. It would just be, and I want to practice telling short stories. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be kind of fun to do that. Um, so yeah. Now, right now, I'm just drawing stuff of him while I'm working on the obsoletes and uh, putting, you know, rolling stuff around in my head. I have a, a story idea. I just, it's been drawing, and by the time I'm done drawing, I'm like, I don't want to write, but it's still stuck in my head. So there's that. <laughs> So, yeah, uh, you mentioned uh, right uh, working on stuff while also doing homework and going through school, and that's yeah. something that like uh, a lot of us get started oh, yeah. in doing that. Uh, usually, you end up getting your first creative work either get published or are close to being published ready while we're doing school. So, uh, balancing doing homework and working on your stuff because obviously you have to do it in the same you know share of time. Right? Uh, how was that? How how was mapping that out for you? How did you find something that you wanted to do and or finding out? Uh, uh, I'm having a brain fart here. Uh, how was uh, the juggling act there? Uh, doing um, schoolwork as as opposed to doing uh, at the same time as doing um, you know uh, work for work for publication or work for yourself essentially. Work from you know it's funny. I would do uh, there was a lot of times as I was going to the art institute doing illustration. I would actually use the book, the character, the cowboy character I was working on in Dead Luck. I would use him in a lot of assignments sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes, just to build other assets. Um, but 
it, it was I would work on it during class. I would take my portfolio around everywhere to class. And if there was downtime in class or I'd finish my assignment, I would sit there and draw, especially I would sit, I would sit and draw on it before class started and during breaks and whatnot. Um, all the time I would do that. Um, but I would just always kind of find time to juggle it. I would get my homework done. Then I would work an hour or something on that. So. Hmm. I didn't. So is this a self-portrait, Quentin? Yes. Yep. With my uh, me without skin. Yes. <laughs> and skin the self-portrait. All right. Uh, well, I am. Uh, uh, I'm going to ask to my 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 colleagues uh, today, but um, uh, I want to see something a little different here. Uh, so we are going to be ending it uh, shorter than usual. We're going to end about an hour and a half mark, since that seems to be where a lot of our Wednesday and Sunday shows end. Yeah. So just kind of keeping a uniform look to that, and I want to see how that looks on the on the YouTube views in the long term. Uh, if that performs better than the two hour ones, or if it's worse, what have you. So, uh, kind of experimenting with that. So we'll grab some final thoughts here uh, from Quentin Aaron uh, on on working on two projects at once. Any tidbits of, of wisdom or advice, or uh, things that, thoughts that you had on on working on multiple projects at the same time. I would just. I would just set aside time to work on each one. Um, there will be times where I'm trying to, I'm waiting for the time where I draw start drawing another character from one comic and another comic. I haven't done that yet, but I'm sure that's coming. Um, you just, I don't know. You just kind of, a lot of times I, if I, when I was working on like Gallians and obsoletes, I would focus on the obsoletes. And when I was, when I reached a point where I was done with that, then I would switch my focus to Gallians. Uh I would rarely go back and forth like draw a little bit of this page, draw a little bit of that page, a little page. I would finish a page and move on to the next page and just go back and forth. So whatever I was working on had my full attention at the time. That's yeah, I, I would I would say that if you are working so- on something of your own, uh, and this helped me, if you find, you know, be careful what other kind of stuff that you watch or take in. Uh, mm-hmm. Be careful that it that it doesn't like infect your work too much as yeah. far as like uh, I don't mean, you know, just you not doing your work. But I mean, as far as like infiltrating your work, like uh, you start re- watching a lot of uh, Dragon Ball Z mm-hmm. uh, yeah. and Star or Star Wars or, you know, and here you're doing something really not really neat. And then all of a sudden you start watching all this other stuff and then that stuff starts creeping in too much. And then before long you're doing Dragon Ball Z or, you know, uh, that's something that I've actually, whenever I was doing my game, I was almost going into, you know, it's a fantasy game yet. I was like fixing to start putting like alien aspects in it, you know? Which yeah. wouldn't have been bad. It would have been cool, but at the same time, you know, it's kind of getting off the point. You know, let's let everybody mm-hmm. get this first before we yeah. start moving on to other stuff like that. You know, right? Uh, you know, so uh, and also, you know, if you're gonna watch stuff, take stuff in, you know, try to keep it kind of, you know, where you are in your stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd I'd say. No. Or, you know, you can watch whatever you want to. You're a grown individual. You can do what you want to. But at the same time, just know that, it you know, you watch too much or you take in too much, it might start getting into your stuff. Or it right. may even draw you out of your stuff altogether. And you'll be like, you know, I'm kind of, 
kind of getting old with this, you know, I want to do something else because you, here you are, you've been watching all the sci-fi when what you're doing is fantasy. And now you'll, you want to do something yeah. sci-fi, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, and, and you know, if you're doing stuff for other people, just keep in mind that you're doing it for other people and you need to give your best work. Uh, you need to be whatever it is that they're, they're needing and you need to be mature enough to be able to switch over and you know make it happen you know uh yeah show up make it happen uh you know and don't 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 accept everything but you know don't accept things you can't finish or you don't think you'll you know you don't think you'll stay interested in that's another Mm -hmm. thing you know because that there's a lot of that that happens you know people say yes to stuff and then they're like they actually start doing it and they're like you know i hate this <laughs> no yeah all right you find that sometimes you find yourself in a situation where even though you're interested you just said yes to too many things and all of a sudden you have no time to actually take care of your own you know problems at home or you're uh burnt out. Yeah. yeah yeah you got to keep your priorities straight you got to also remember what else you're doing mm-hmm. uh Cause you don't want to be a disappointment then to the people you're doing stuff for, you know, I mean, uh, so that's all I have to say about, that's all I got to say about that. Yeah. Uh, and kind of following up on that, uh, you know, when you're saying yes to things, make sure you, uh, take on enough projects to make, to give yourself that good stress that keeps you on your toes and allows you to progress Mm -hmm. and grow. But don't burn yourself out because you're going to get dimension returns. Your stuff is going to start sucking and uh, it may not get done. <laughs> um, yeah. And make good use of uh, guilt free uh, uh, zone out time. Just, you know, if you're, mm-hmm. if you love gaming, if you love watching movies or whatever, uh, set something that you want to do aside and say, well, okay, when I get my project done, that's what I'm going to be doing. And uh, then when you do it, you know, do the thing you want to want to do and don't let people play out of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, also another thing, uh, just in terms of, you know, protecting your time, do it with your, your free time. But also when you're, uh, if you, if you have a day job, if you have a family, if you're managing other things and you're at the point now where your writing or your art is your, um, is your, is your passion, but it's not your full-time occupation uh protect that time as well um if you need to block out times of the day where you're like i'm just going to be working on my art i'm just gonna be writing or whatever but um you know if people try to pull you aside or people try to do something let them know that like no you're working at the moment you're doing you're doing something and don't let them break the time up for you because uh you want to make sure that she gets something done at that time yes you should definitely set a time that's what i I said earlier yeah you really need to set a time and you need to set a time that everybody can agree on mm-hmm. that. Hey, on this night, I'm not daddy. Yep. I'm, yeah. I'm an artist. I have yeah. to sound you as your father for the next yeah. two hours. Yep. <laughs> yep. Don't ask me for anything. You want something to drink? Go get it, son. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, uh, we have been on that Silver Lion show on Tuesday. We're going to go ahead and grab our, our, our socials there. But uh, I'll put those up on the screen. But uh, I'm going to let the uh, start with Aaron. Uh, where can people find you? What are you currently up to? Uh, what can people be expecting to see from you uh, anywhere on the internet in life behind 7 Eleven? 
Um, I, you know, you can find What is he out. doing behind the 7-Eleven? <laughs> You're going to have to come behind the 7-Eleven to find out. Oh. Um, I need to bring some money. <laughs> you always have to bring money. Eddie likes money. Um, no, I'm on it, Facebook at Humphreys Illustration or my name, Aaron Humphreys. Instagram, same thing, Humphreys Illustration. Uh, I'm, I'm, as far as stuff, I'm working on some more Knock the Barbarian pictures while I work on the, the short story, the first issue of that. So you will be seeing, and I, the idea with Knock the Barbarian is to color the book mm. the way I color the picture. So I'm going to color it a little more extreme. So it's going to take me a little longer. That's why I'm doing shorter stories because it's going to take me long enough to complete them. Um, then I, 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 since I've finished with Goblins, besides drawing the obsoletes, which you'll be seeing more of that from me, I'm just when I kind of focusing on drawing pictures again, like actual composition yeah. and pictures. So I jump into yeah. a comic again. Yeah, very cool. Uh, Quentin, what about yourself? Where can people find you? Uh, what are you up to, and what can people expect to see from you in the uh, future here? Well, we have uh, the third book of Trumps that'll be kickstarting uh, really soon. I'm not exactly sure what date, but this is one of the covers for it. Uh, I'm not sure if it's the main one, as I said before. Uh, also, I'm working on currently, and production is Night Rise, and yes. I can uh, show off just a really quick uh, double-page spread of that. Give me just a second here, and I'll hunt it up. Uh, but uh, you can find me on Facebook. You can find me on DeviantArt. Uh, you can find me if you can, you can Google my name and find me. But uh, really, a lot of times I don't want to be found because I'm so busy that uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like to stay, you know, hidden, uh, secret, hidden, a protected yes. work time. Yeah, <laughs> I can I can only show this very quickly Ooh. and then gone. So yes. It's a double page spread of Night Rise, which is what I'm working on right mm. now. So uh, all fully colored. All pretty. Are there going to be words like the uh, page, like the story title above or whatever? There's going to be, I think, right over here in this area, there's going to be like the artists and, you know, all the Ooh. credits right. and uh, probably some little things here and there. The purple uh, turned so, out good. Yeah, it's super dope. Uh, I think next time I have you do something World War II related, I got to give you more skulls to do. Yeah, yeah, I love <laughs> doing skulls, as you can tell. Yes, I like to put a thin layer of skin, right, Aaron, on the skulls, just, just, so they can have expression. One. Yeah, yes. yep. All right, cool. All right, and uh, I've been Tim TK. You can find me everywhere at Tim TK Writer, Instagram, Twitch, uh, Twitter, you name it. Um, and. Uh, you should have received a copy of Wolf Hunter. I am currently working on the history edition, which is a uh, PDF that you can read side by side that actually gives you the historical context for the Battle of Britain, the Channel Battles, and uh, the Tizard mission. And it's turning out much more in depth than I intended it to be. So uh, hopefully you <laughs> like uh, cited and sourced uh, <laughs> Chicago style uh, history documents. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Uh, no word yet on Soul Senate. I believe that's still in the hands of the artist. All right. Well, we'll be in that several line show on Tuesday. We'll be back next Tuesday. Uh, same bat time, same bat channel. You may be running an hour and a half. You may be running two hours. I don't know. I'll check the analytics. Uh, you can also catch that uh, Wednesday. We're not on Wednesday show. We're 
the uh, Wednesday Schwammers. I'll uh, be here at 8 p.m. Eastern uh, tomorrow. And uh, Silver Sunday will be here 8 p.m. Eastern on Sunday. Yep. So until that time, remember to... Make mine silver line. Make, make mine, mine silver line. Oh, and uh, Tim, you uh, don't forget. Don't forget to tell them about, uh, you know, your... Uh, you know your your stuff that's coming up. Uh, you know that thing we do. Oh yeah, I, I think we're talking about. Uh, yeah, uh, you know. You, yeah. Hi, I'm Greg Horn. Make mine Silverline. Thank you for listening to the Silverline podcast. I hope you enjoyed the episode. We know we ramble sometimes, but we have fun. And after all, isn't that what comics are all about? We hope you'll follow us on all our social media. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch, LinkedIn, Reddit, MeWe, Gab, and whatever new thing pops up between now and the time you listen to us. Please like, follow, share, and remember, make mine Silverline.